The 5AA player lets you stream 5AA on your phone wherever you are. 5AA Mornings with Matthew Pantelis. 27 minutes to 12 o'clock on 5AA. Let's talk our state. And today we are talking about Australasian Youth Justice Acknowledgement Day. In the studio with me, Melanie Fernandez, who is Director of uh, Communities and Justice, Youth Justice Services at the Department of Human Services. And uh, from that department as well, the Onboarding and Development Supervisor, uh, Josh Cray. Good morning to you both. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Let's uh, have a chat about uh, inaugural Australasian Youth Justice Acknowledgement Day. What's it hoped to achieve? Melanie, perhaps we, we start with you. What What's hoped to, uh, to, to come out of this? Well, really, Josh, it's about acknowledging our youth justice staff across uh, South Australia. And uh, the youth justice, um, the Acknowledgement Day theme is Quality Connections. Uh, people practice in purpose. So it's really about what that translates into as part of this Acknowledgement Day. So it's important, obviously, to recognise the work people are doing in centres, the department as a whole, clearly, but uh, primarily what's happening in our youth centres around uh, SA. Correct. So we have, um, we, we, we have one, uh, youth justice centre, which is Kalana Tarpa. Um, and we also have, um, our offices for our community youth justice staff, uh, who, who across both metro and regional spaces. And really, um, it's about, um, ensuring that the theme of youth justice, um, acknowledgement day is about people, practice and purpose. So understanding who we are. Uh, what we do and why we do it. Okay. You're quite experienced in um, service delivery in that form. Uh, forensic mental health, disability, correctional services. You've worked across quite a, an industry, haven't you? An area of uh, youth justice and justice in total. Yes, that's correct, Josh. And, and what one Matthew. of the things... Uh, Matthew, I'm terribly <laughs> sorry. Right. Um, Matthew, I'm, um, I, one of the things that we uh, really that I've noticed across the mm. different um, spaces that I've worked in is that um, you know there's there's often a trajectory um, that occurs um, and a cross sectional representation across those different types of portfolios. Yeah, Josh is here. Josh Craig, uh, development supervisor and onboarding as well for Youth Justice Services. Josh, what's the day mean to you? The day, day in the centre. Yeah. yeah, so it's just. It's no different to, I guess, looking after your kids at home. Yeah. I mean, it's giving them a structured day. It's helping them get ready for school. Um, it's supporting them when, you know, they're down. Um, it's being a mentor. It's, again, it's, you really want to just make it as normal yeah. as it would for, for a child at home. All so right. that's pretty much, yeah, yeah, what we do. Is it challenging? It must Definitely. be. Yeah. yeah. At times, like extremely rewarding as well. There's more ups and there is downs. But of course, you you know you're dealing with arguably the most vulnerable kids in the state. Mm. Um, so you know a lot of them have complex needs. So at times, um, yeah, you need to be resilient and be there for them. And yeah, but overall, it's it's a good job. You, you've been working with youth for uh, quite some time. Yeah. Youth justice, fifteen years. McGill Training Centre, Caban, mm-hmm. um, the Karl, Kalana Tapa Youth Justice Centre, previously the Adelaide Youth Training Centre. Um, what drew you to that area? Why youth justice? Uh, well, initially, um, I studied teaching at university, and so I'd always enjoyed and wanted to make a difference and work with kids. Mm. Um, initially, like I wanted to just try something new, and um, this opportunity came up to be a casual youth support worker, um, and I thought it would, you know, it'd be rewarding, it'd be a challenge. Um, again, I had very little experience um, in the youth justice sector, um, and then yeah, got into it, and 
really enjoyed, I guess, the, the front line, um, kind of the raw nature of the work, yeah. um, making an, an active difference to, to kids that really need it day to day. And yeah. that's what, and 15 years later, yeah, I'm still, still, still kicking here. on. <laughs> uh, Melody, the Australasian Youth Justice Acknowledgement Day's theme is uh, quality connections, people practice purpose. Can you explain how does that translate? I mean, that sounds very bureaucratic almost, bureau speak, but how does that translate into day-to-day activities? Oh, yes, uh, Matthew. So what we need to do is to, we need to ensure that all of these elements are present when we think about our practice. So what we're trying to achieve in order to make really a meaningful difference, both to the community and to the youth. Um, so investing in our staff to achieve really high quality practice and service delivery in order to achieve our purpose. Okay. Uh, Josh, the uh, the day itself, the Youth Justice Acknowledgement Day, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you as somebody in the industry for, for so long? Um, to me, it's to acknowledge the hard work and the good work that yeah. the staff do. Um, I think it's to recognise the resilience that the staff show. Um, like, you know, you have these great ups, but at times, yes, it can be... It can be challenging, um, and just their, their resilience to deal with that coming the next day, um, their ability to, to not pass judgment, um, mm. to be completely empathetic and understand that, you know, these kids at times, you know, because of the neglect and trauma that they've had, you know, since pretty much the beginning, yeah. um, it can at times manifest itself in pretty maladaptive, um, challenging Aggr- behaviours. Aggression. Yeah, saying. you know, at yeah. times. And yeah. again, but the professionalism and, they're there for them, and then quite often, once you get through that challenging time, you know, the kids are grateful that you're there. Yeah. And I think that's something that needs to be acknowledged because it's, you know, it's a very important job, and I don't think it gets the respect that yeah. that it deserves. Mm. Well, hopefully this will change that. Mm. Youth justice, Melanie, what's the purpose? Uh, well, it's twofold, Matthew. The first is really about community safety. I mean, ultimately, we are mandated to ensure that we are providing uh, the correct services at the right time for our youth um, and to reduce offending, but also to acknowledge the, the victims of crime. Um, the second is also to support our young people to really understand the impact of their offending on others. Um, but really importantly is to link them in with the relevant services that will assist them in the redu- in their ability to reduce their offending behaviour um, and importantly um, connect them in with community um, familial links as well as the relevant cultural links that would support them to really stay away from this kind of offending behaviour. Does it work though? Because I mean we often read and hear and, and maybe it's a minority who re-offend you know, I mean, there's there's certainly elements of that, and that happens. So, does it work overall? Well, the vast majority, Matthew, of youth do not come back into okay. detention. And uh, whilst we understand that the media does report the more salient uh, mm. youth who are offending, um, what we do need to acknowledge is that the vast amount of young people do not um, reoffend. But that doesn't mean to say that we don't need to focus on that small minority and what it is that is, um, you know, causally related to their offending and what we can do to really focus and hone in on that smaller minority of youth okay all right so so that's important moving forward how do you how do you tackle that how do you hone in on 
I don't want to say troublemakers, but I suppose that's what it is. Well, it's really important to understand um, these youth as, an, as individuals. Um, each individual young person has a has a background, has a history, or has more contemporary information that informs what it is that's related to their offending. So um, between our Youth Justice Centre, Kalana Tapa, and our community youth justice staff that they then take over once they go onto our community orders, we work very closely together to look at what particular services they need to um, have to be able to reduce their offending. So, for example, if if their offending is related to substance misuse, um, it's about linking them into relevant services. If they if they are if they are struggling with features around um, history of trauma, it's really about providing them with that option of assi- having some assistance in the community to uh, link in with um, specialist treatment services that might um, help them to really overcome what it is they've experienced in their formative years. Okay, all right. Uh, Josh, um, tell us a bit more about the young people you work with in the youth justice system. Yeah, so again, um, most of them are extremely empathetic kids. Um, And again, a lot of them have complex needs, like I talked about before. Um, Are they receptive? 100%. 100%. And again, like any kid, um, it's about building relationships with those that work with them. Um, Mm. Again, for a lot of them, uh, maybe their perception of of government or authority has been negative in the past. Mm. Um, so when you first come into a, you know, in, in their minds a prison, yeah. um, even though it isn't, um, I imagine through their lens... They but it is, it though, way. isn't it? I mean, they can't, I mean, they can't walk out. No, but again, I think what happens is, you know, sooner at first it might be a bit standoffish with the staff, mm. but as you build that, that relationship with them, like I said, any kid wants connection. Yeah. Um, they want to belong. And like I said, most of them want, want positive interactions with others, you know. So, you know, again, the longer you're... You're working with them. Yeah. Um, the more engagement you have with them, um, those relationships become extremely positive with the kids. Yeah. I mean, you're spending a youth worker spending forty plus hours a week with these kids, which you know, if you're a working parent, you know, sometimes parents don't spend yeah. forty hours a week with quality time with with their own kids. Yeah. So, youth workers are in a great position to to build those positive relationships with them, and yeah, more often than not, they definitely have a positive outcome. Which I think when you talk about trying to prevent reoffending, yeah. The first step to me is, you know, yeah, having good relationships with those around you. So it, it must be, uh, I suppose, both challenging and rewarding in a sense, and and also heartbreaking sometimes. Yeah. Because I think it's easy for all of us, myself included, when when you hear of a case and then you realise, oh, this this offender's done exactly this before, and you know there are cases we could we could bring up in the past for whatever purpose that might serve, but. Um, I imagine a kid like that coming in the first time, they'd be probably combined terror, terrorized and, and frightened and, and also wanting to assert themselves within the system. So, you know, presenting a tough exterior mm. and, and working through that must yeah. be quite, um, quite interesting, challenging. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, like I said, that mm. to me, you've, you know, the, the Klana type of center, it's almost like a, it's more like a boarding school. Like it's, you know, you've got, You've got gyms, pools, um, Xboxes. I mean, it's not an environment that, I mean, a kid might come in and think, oh, you know, they've got this idea on television of what that environment will look like. And I can tell you now, it's nothing like that. So I think quite quickly their guard drops and they realize actually, you know, um, while, you know, they don't probably want to be there, but it's definitely an environment that is designed to be supportive and, to you know break that cycle do the kids get on in you know are they if somebody arrives 
uh, fresh leaf, you know, for the first yeah. time, whatever. Uh, are they they picked on? Are they welcome? Do they fit in? What happens? Well, I guess you know, it's generally it's like any any kind of relationships or you know groups of kids. Mm. I mean, the vast majority do get on. Um, there's different personalities. Yeah, yeah. There's different age groups. Yeah. Um, so again, at times, yes, kids won't see eye to eye. Um, mm. But again, we're equipped to keep young people in different units to support them, and that way we can prevent you know kids being around one another that don't want to be around yeah. one another but generally yeah they all hmm. most of the time they all get on quite well melanie the, the relationship between the workers in there the staff and the young people obviously it's very important yes it is matthew i mean and really relationship is the key i think whichever service delivery area you're working in whether hmm. it's in child protection or in uh, you know adult custodial services even if the relationship between human to human is a fundamental need of any person yeah. and so with our youth particularly given that they come often from a history of uh, mistrust in relationships that they've had um, uh, often history of abuse for example um, the importance of developing really safe strong and nurturing relationships in the center and with their um, case managers once they transition into the community case management arena is is essential um, because without that um young people aren't able to be receptive to what they need to do mm. and to have those really gentle but firm conversations about the need to take social responsibility for their actions, um, what they need to do to, ch to help them to change their behaviour and to lead more productive lives in the community. Okay. Uh, how can you make sure the workforce is properly supported to have uh, a positive impact on these people, these kids? Yes, well, you know, Youth, Youth Justice Acknowledgement Day is all about our staff mm. and the hard work that they do. So we have to acknowledge that staff really do need to be strongly supported. So we need to select the right staff. And that is about understanding what kind of profile staff uh, that we are uh, bringing into this boat. Kalana Tapa and in, and as our case managers, um, have that empathic, responsive, you know, psychologically minded way of thinking mm. that they can work with our youth. So we need to select the right staff. Uh, we also need to provide them with, um, support around training. Training is the key, um, particularly in the centre, because they often have to deal with highly volatile or complex behaviour. Mm. So tr training our staff will help to prevent um, burnout, uh, vicarious trauma that our staff might be experiencing, yeah. um, but also um, equip them with a, an ability to become more self-aware about their own needs and, you know, what when they need to step back, when they might need to access our um, EAP services to support them or when they might need to go to a supervisor over a given problem. Yeah. So the training is absolutely essential. And as I said before, um, really supporting them with their well-being, self-care and their vulnerability to burnout. Okay. Josh seems pretty resilient sitting there, but but how is the turnover rate, the retention rate? Uh, are you happy with where it's at? Well, certainly our retention rate has improved over the past six months. So we've developed an entirely new strategy for the centre. Um, it's the recruitment training and retention strategy. So it's not just about bringing new staff in, but it's also about keeping good yeah. staff and about providing them with that training. So our attrition rate has um, reduced over the past six months, I'm happy to report. And it's certainly something that we keep wanting to focus on to ensure that our attrition is low. Yeah. Um, and also that, you know, attrition is... All or always, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. So um, some staff come in and say, look, this job isn't for them. Mm. Um, 
And that's, that's okay because, I mean, in any kind of arena of career, people decide, um, to walk with their feet because they, it's just not suitable yeah, to their yeah. own, um, needs or what, what they envisage, envisaged. Yeah. Um, but certainly our attrition rate has been, um, very, uh, you know, much stronger in the past six months. And Josh's testimony to that because he's, his new role that we've just recently created is really to support our new staff in the center okay. to make sure that they have a go-to in the center when they come on board. And then after they've gone past their initial set of training that they've also got access to the onboarding and development supervisors. All right, very good. I imagine it's very confronting too for a lot of people coming into the sector and and finding, you know, the issues they've got to deal with, uh, kids who might be recalcitrant and not wanting to um, follow directions and all the rest. So it, uh, it can, I'm sure, be challenging. Josh, myths and misconceptions about the youth justice sector. I'm sure there are many that you'd like to address. Yeah, I guess um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, sometimes in the media can be portrayed that, you know, that we, the youth workers, don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's <laughs> far from the truth. It's the opposite. I mean, like I said, most of the kids, um, they really do love the relationships they build with the staff and vice versa. And it's a completely um, positive thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest ones is, yeah, this misconception that, were more of a, you know, a custodial, correctional mm. sort of um, approach, which, again, because we work with kids, it's extremely child-focused, it's trauma-informed, and it's all about relationship building and empathy. And, again, that's, I think, the biggest misconception. I mean, I, I've never had a bad, like, I quite often you'll see the kids yeah. in the community, yeah. and I've never once had a bad interaction. They've always wanted to come up, engage, ask how I'm going. Yeah. And I think that just shows that they do appreciate the work we do for them yeah indeed uh melanie the uh the important factors we need to consider to best support young people in youth justice uh, what are they um really it's about um helping them to understand the importance of social responsibilities that we do you know live in a society mm. and often the young people that we see in our center have not had that sort of formative years of role modeling that many of our youth who have not gone into um you know come in contact with the youth justice center have had the ability to have you know healthy robust um role modeling so mm. our staff um are almost pseudo um you know, role models, they are role models, but, yep. you know, pseudo parents, if we think about that way, um, that they need to help youth develop that sense of social responsibility to the community, but also helping them with, with goal setting, um, assisting them to develop a sense of personal agency over their future and mm. what it is that really matters to them and how they can sort of set about achieving that, even if it's in small increments. Yep. You know, the scaffolding around that is really important. Yeah. Um, and but also i think one of the things that we need to think about is really about connection to community so a lot of the time the youth are very disconnected from community whether it's education or from their community counterparts or their peers and they don't have often that milieu of support and so the need to connect them back into community so they feel part of community that when they grow into adults that transition is easier and they don't feel socially isolated is is key to um helping youth to really grow develop yeah indeed all right um and just finally josh one thing that you think people should know about what you do the system oh like i said that that, that we care we definitely make a difference yeah. i mean um yeah we all right 
so you, you can make the difference. Can I ask you one more? And and this is a, a question for policymakers, okay? It's not for you to answer from a political point of view, obviously. But I am curious, with all your experience on the front line in centres, the, the debate about lifting the age of criminal responsibility from 10 to 14, um, any thoughts on that? Would it would it help? Would it would it matter? Would it make a difference? Well, I think at the moment now we rarely get we don't get many kids yeah. under the age of fourteen mm. now in the centre. Um, a very very small number. Um, so again, you know, if 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 the age needs to move up, if that's yeah. what the, the politicians yeah, or the to department them. think yeah. it's up to them, um, yeah. then we'll adapt and mm. we'll. Move on. Move on, yeah. Yeah. All right. Appreciate your time and your honesty. Thank you, Josh. Uh, and Melanie, Josh Craig from uh, the Department of Human Services, Onboarding and Development Supervisor. Melanie Fernandez, Director of Communities and Justice in the Youth Justice Service area of the uh, Department of Human Services. Thank you both. Thank you very much, Thank Matthew. Thank you very much. Thank you.